Hi everyone, this is 7 slash 10 minutes with Archilite C and we have our cool dude um, opposite me on the other, the other side of the screen. Again, this is uh, one, of those day, one of those days in December where um, you see like um, uh, more clouds and uh, dusty, dusky skies than not. Uh, but over here really we've got a very charming gentleman just opposite me and uh, thank you Clarence for uh, Clarence Wee uh, for joining us today. Um, Clarence, we just give you a very, uh, give all of us folks a very short in introduction, but brief and succinct at, uh, at the same time. Uh, Clarence is the founder um, of Prof Various, as you can see um, from the beautiful plug behind. Uh, he does beautiful work, craft passionately in terms of making letters, making words, alphabets, and so on work for you and me. Um, so um, again, thanks, Clarence, for being here. Yeah, of course. Hey, thanks a lot, Vincent, for the introduction. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. I, I can't really see who is here, but then uh, thanks for coming by and uh, dropping in on the, 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 the chat we'll be having. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Um, yeah. Clarence, the, yes. um, so, so while my introduction is um, brief, and I, I suppose that sums up um, some part of the work which you're doing, but I would want you to share with us uh, much more on exactly the kind of work that um, that, uh, that, you're, that you do in craft varies. Because I do know, of course, I've done some research and uh, it's actually very, very varied, but um, they all centers around the crafting um, of, uh, of, of alphabets as a, as a main core uh, in terms of uh, the, the work that you do. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I mean, like as you, you said it lah, it's, it's true. The name kind of says it because we, we stand by the, the various part because um, uh, just a, a quick uh, brief on how the name even came about. Uh, basically, the, the full name of the, the studio is actually called Craft Varies with Quiet Longings. So uh, the, if you take the, the whole um, saying in context, right, it's because of our interest in, um, or my interest in lettering and understanding where lettering and the little intricacies and changes of letters actually make a difference in the overall look of each type or each letters uh, or each script. So um, that's how it kind of stemmed uh, from. And also, in a way, uh, I had a very uh, interest. So I knew that I was like interested in different things because I like to work with my hands. And... Uh, also, if you take the initials of craft varies with quiet longings, it's actually C, V, W, Q, and L. And actually, that's my full name. My full name is Clarence Valerius Wee Ching Liang. Yeah. So that's actually how that whole, uh, awesome. how I kind of bind everything. I knew it would be mid, more than meet the eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so in a way, it became a bit too lengthy, you know, so then it kind of just shortened into craft varies itself. Yeah. So, uh, with the work that we actually do, um, we stem very much from uh, the initial of uh, lettering. So where my, my background was from was in visual communications design. So I was very interested in understanding, uh, when I was studying, I was interested in letter forms after my uh, internship. So I, I did an internship in Eindhoven in uh, Netherlands. Yeah, and so when I did that internship, it kind of like changed my perspective of how typography actually is a is a lifestyle. Were you doing the internship in Singapore or in, or in or in Netherlands? In Netherlands, yeah. 
So um, I, I, I had a decision to make between like an advertising company or a, a graphic company in, in Netherlands mm. uh, because of my interest in type. At that point of time, la, you know, mm. there was only like these two uh, options, you know, either be a graphic designer or be an advertiser, you know. So then uh, when that, that these two decisions came about, of course, I discussed with some lecturers and stuff like that and, and quite duh, la, you know, it's like, you don't want to leave Singapore, man, you know. Mm. So I was mm. like, why not? I, I just go overseas and try uh, how the internship goes. Mm. And of course, Netherlands itself is like the mother of all uh, type he- uh, heaven. La. So when I went there, uh, after the internship happened, uh, the company I was with was uh, ADRV. Uh, they are very focused on research. So in a way, I think they kind of affected the way I, I, I kind of uh, view type and understand culture or design culture in general. And so uh, when I came back to Singapore, I was very keen on trying to better understand uh, typography. Yeah, and to better understand type, I kind of like boil it down to uh, calligraphy. So calligraphy is essentially using your hand to just basically write letters, like, you know, create letters up from scratch. So uh, then that kind of just snowballed into a career for me. You know, that, that snowballed into craft varies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, with that, then to where we are today, the beginnings were very much uh, about calligraphy. So we were like providing calligraphy services for invitations, place cards, uh, mostly events uh, for fashion houses that have dinner venues or fashion shows yeah, and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. So we were like customizing every card. Uh, and every- oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So it goes up to hundreds, you know, it goes up to hundreds. And, and the beauty about it is that um, every piece is handwritten. And, you work in uh, a very bespoke kind of environment and industry, right? Because where, of, of course, uh, during, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I thought this, this is really interesting. Um, yes. Um, very much like what we would do in architecture and in design where we want our, um, our pieces, as in our, our work to be different. Um, in certain ways, um, and clients would enjoy customization in certain way as well. Um, but, um, it doesn't beat your, your level of, uh, of, uh, being unique in, uh, in, in the, in the work that you do. But, um, so, sorry, uh, of course we want to move forward, um, yes. to talk about the very much the, the work we, we should do right now. So thanks again for the, for a very quick nutshell, um, you know, uh, snapshot in, in a way of the of the things that um you know from what you were trained in and uh, what you're doing so far but i want to spend a little bit more time in the part the training part yeah uh, it's, it's interesting that you grew up um interested in words so uh, is there uh, because i didn't go through uh like a design uh, I, I mean i was good in architecture but uh, i suppose that's still quite uh, maybe different i'm sure it's different from um the the education of uh of of uh this of a uh, design in graphics so is it what like one of the module like um, like uh, uh, typography or lettering or calligraphy is, is part of a, of a module and and after like going through the module you find that you, you like it a lot actually that we do we do in school uh there was a module called uh, typography um but the the curriculum was very um was more general you know mm-hmm. something that allow us to just understand the fundamentals and um, the interest in exploring what are the possibilities in typography. Um, but 
I think my interest, um, I think it could have started before or after that, uh, that class. Lah. It, it wasn't very much, um, centered around that class that kind of sparked this whole interest. Mm. Yeah, I think it was maybe a general uh, lean towards uh, typography because I think uh, my interest in how words itself represent so many things um, through the, the, the context of meaning, but then it also basically holds no meaning as well, you know, because if you look at it, all, yeah, <laughs> oh, all, net, yeah, all letters itself is a, it's basically a construct of meaning that we have applied to it. So that shape of an A is only um, read as A because we were taught it was read as A. Mm. Yeah. So any form itself can can embody that understanding of A. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so you were, I, I think you, you brought about a very interesting point and I think I couldn't say it better than my one of my designers who once said that um, for uh, beautiful or correctly, or beautifully, you know, um, um, created font or words or letters, you catch your attention in a way that is perhaps even stronger than any graphics or pictures or paintings, you know. So, so um, uh, of course, I, I mean, being a being a, a, a designer of spaces, then um, even when we were doing presentation, things like layout is important. Of course, we aren't as you know, uh, um, in terms of getting uh, really into the deep of uh, technicalities and knowledge and even the 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 expertise in doing uh, graphic design uh, but uh, as as uh, interior architects and interior designers we it's just something that we have to do and we do plenty of these in school as well we got to like put up like massive like presentation boards and right so we want we need the our pictures our uh, uh, renderings our plans to catch the um the attention of our critique of our teachers and all that but more importantly, I vividly remember our first year in school that um, we were even like taught how to like write properly because we cannot, I'm, I'm sorry to all the doctors, you know, but <laughs> we all make fun. Yeah, but, but, but because they got to write fast, I suppose. But that's another, I've not interviewed a doctor, maybe one day, one fine day. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but, but, um, but we have to like train in such a way that we write in a certain way mm. uh, so that it portrays a certain um, it, it must resonate with the design that we put out. For example, if the design is more dynamic, then the words has got to, even then, got to carry the kind of uh, slant. And uh, if uh, we're designing a bank, uh, it's about formality, uh, then the word has got to be looking solid and so on. Again, to echo whatever things that we design for. So yeah. uh, typology and fonts and so on is really part of the entire look and feel. Yeah. Um, but but the fact that you you decided to Right, of course, right? Why, why stay here when you <laughs> can take the opportunity to go to somewhere as far as uh, 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 Holland, uh, Netherlands per se? And uh, thanks for sharing that they are they're actually the, you know, um, some, some decent like masters um, as far as, as choreography is, is concerned. So I think what happens is that then uh, is it possible for you to um, share with me then uh, what are some of the things that are um, like going on over there. How is your um, design like? As in, in uh, when I was uh, interning. Yeah, when 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 you were there, correct. When you were interning, how how's your practice like? Yeah, so basically, when we were when I was interning, it was very much um, research based. So, like I mentioned, the studio itself believed, uh, although it's a graphic design company, right? Mm. They were very very into uh, research. So they were like allowing the research to. Um, dictate their design aesthetics. So this was like basically in 20, 
I would think it's like 2008, you know, um, when our design itself, in the design industry at least, like, it was still very graphic. You know, everything was very um, loud. You know, everything was very uh, trying to, like, trying to just shout at you uh, in, in that, that period of time. Uh, but for them, they were, they were going into more of like a, a separate um, design aesthetic where they, they didn't like have a notion of how design is supposed to be, but they just let their research lead their design aesthetics. Yeah. So in that process of learning and helping them research through their projects, right? It, I think what I took away the most was the concept of uh, research. You know, I think the beauty about it was that there was no aesthetic that I knew I had to hold on to, you know, and it basically opens the, the, the door to sky's the limit, you know, because if you hold on to aesthetic itself, right, you are always, you will always stay in a period of time. But if you understand the concept of research, right, it, at least for me, right, the understanding of research allowed the door to open to uh, limitless uh, aesthetics. Got it, got it. Yeah. Um, of course, in, in calligraphy and uh, in, in type fonts and, and all that, uh, I suppose the manifestation of what you were talking about would be different. But I, I totally understand um, the mechanism behind this. It's very much like uh, when clients ask us um, um, designers from Archilite uh, why we need more time than, say, other designers when we come up with certain things. We say we do research first, you know. Yeah. Because, like, uh, for example, if, if not, then we'd be falling back on stereo, stereotypical um, um, elements. Like, for example, if we talk about Japanese, let's design something let's say, as simple as Japanese, you know. Then people uh, will talk, okay, tatami me. <laughs> Um, there, there must be the shoji screen, uh, some other like uh, maybe some pots and pans and so and so so and so forth. But uh, of course, these are the things that um, um, is inherited uh, from people to people. And everyone, if you ask the Japanese, um, of course, uh, we, they will vary a lot among themselves. Um, yeah. And then uh, us as uh, you know, as uh, just looking at them from afar, we have our own stereotypical interpretation. Yes. And then wherever that we design will not be, it's not even about being authentic, but it will not be fun at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we're already taking the surface layer and just applying uh, as if that is something that's real, you know? And yeah. we, are, we are doing another design based on something which is, as a matter of fact, um, just a, an, a, like a simple on the surface assumption. Yeah. And I, and I think to a certain extent, like requiring what the client's uh, purpose and their, their, their love for which kind of aesthetic would help, you know, in a way where, you know, if you, you have a client that says, okay, I like Japan, Japanese aesthetics, right? But if they're just going to give you a generic aesthetic, right? Then you basically have to create a generic piece, you know, but then if you are going to look at it in a way where you are going to ask the clients more of why they actually like the Japanese aesthetic, you know, maybe they say, okay, I like it because it's clean, you know? Some might say, I like it because it's clean, but some people might say, I like it because it's traditional. So even that two words, right? Clean and traditional, right? The aesthetic itself, when you execute, right? Will be totally different as well. Totally yeah. Agree. But they both still carry a Japanese uh, trait to it. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so that, that goes into the, the importance of asking more, of probing, asking questions. And, and of course, the, the more we ask, the more we understand and, uh, the more we can really um, go deep by doing research into. And, and therefore, the, I, I suppose one of the beautiful things about doing research is that we want to discover something that we do not already, already know. Yes. 
right? Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful part, part of that. So that has served you well. So from then, when you come back, um, I think there must be, I'm assuming, did anyone like force you to, to start like crowd varies? I mean, what, what happens then? Um, because you could have, uh, uh, is it by necessity, you know, that, uh, you, you know, you were sending out resumes and um, uh, 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 your potential employers are asking you like questions which you may not want to answer and then, okay, then why not? I just start my own. What's your story on that? Uh, actually, for me, uh, I was fortunate enough that I wasn't pressured into doing uh, the like to 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 start the studio or to 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 do anything in uh, in particular la. So I had that freedom to to explore what I really wanted to. Um, uh, I guess when I came out of army that time, it was like uh, doing odd jobs, you know, and then. Um, thinking to myself, okay, if I'm passionate about this, uh, why not just start it for the sake of it? You know, so basically, craft very started because it was just fun. You know, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be like a job. I definitely didn't know that uh, a calligrapher was a possible career path for myself. You know, needless to say, like in Singapore, you know, like how it's <laughs> conversation, you know, yeah. uh, there's so much. There, there's basically more chances of me not going anywhere than becoming a, a, a calligrapher full-time, you know? So, um, yeah, so so when that, uh, when I started, it was more of like, okay, I'm just going to do things that I enjoy, you know? And so that's why the name came about as well, you know? And it was all about trying different things, you know? That's why it's all varied. And I think I still carry or embody that now, you know, where I try to, although I try to refine the work, you know, but the idea and the the, the curiosity of, trying to, to work through different mediums and try different uh, techniques all come into play as well. La. Yeah. Parents, uh, there's something at this point in time which I think is really important. Mm. In um I, I I might be I might be, you know, in the situation of it's more like I'm in a well, like looking up. But but I'm really like um uh this is really uh, how I feel um about um about calligraphy because um most of us or, or at least for myself, I cannot say um, I cannot like represent the industry, the design industry, uh, or the interior or architecture industry. Um, but the computer remains something that's integral. Um, well, of course, I, I mean, um, my during my time, uh, uh, we still have a little bit of like drafting. But even within the six years of schooling, um, uh, for for in my uh, in my in my field, uh, quickly we gravitated towards like computer. And then from then, it's about selecting, you know, selecting the, I mean, Photoshop has got some fonts, uh, AutoCAD, ugly fonts. So we always not use the, uh, those fonts in, 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 in AutoCAD, but we draw everything inside there. Then we uh, export it to Photoshop, uh, put in or, or Illustrator and, and, but the fonts are there. So, so um, of course, then there are other things which are like uh, fonts that you can um, somehow buy or import from the internet. Now, then the, the human part to it is really interesting. <laughs> uh, when, um, in the world, I'm sure there is this industry. Uh, would you like to share a little bit more with me about at large, you know? Uh, later on, we, we'll, we'll come back to you. <laughs> but at large, can you just, in a nutshell, uh, how, what is this um, industry of uh, handcrafted yeah, calligraphy yeah. Yeah, in uh, the world? I guess in the, in the world in general, the, the, I would... Think that the the more the more prestigious um uh the more prestigious events or uh uh 
How would I say? Or heritage. Uh, okay. uh, would still hold on to the calligraphy aspect. So things like the Queen, um, the in the US, the White House, all these are still uh calligraphers still exist there just for the the the, the focus of doing calligraphy services, whether it's invitations, place cards, they are all still handwritten. Yeah. So if you are looking at it in that context, right, those are the traditions of uh of time that still stay that they still stay, you know. Yeah. I think very much like a mechanical watch. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. To a certain extent. To a certain extent. Or, or almost like a, a a a grandfather clock. You know where you know that it represents something of time. Mm. You know, and it represents not just time itself, but of time. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So there is that beauty in that, lah. You know, of course, like you were mentioning, um, with technology and computer, you know, it still all can be done. But I think it's about that tradition and nuance in it. You know, I don't want to look at it. Like for me, I think my context is, I don't want to, I, I think the beauty is that I'm in the old and I'm in the new. So I want to still entertain the the, the, the presence of uh, technology. But I also know that I still want to hold on to the, the, the traditions of the past, you know, and be able to still, uh, uh, in a way, find balance between the old and the new. You know, I don't want to be uh, an extremist when I feel like uh, where where I end up being only in one side of the camp. Yeah, and I'll lose the other side of me. You know, I feel that in life in general is very much about balance, lah. You know, and I think finding a good balance between the old and the new allows us to then be able to present something not just to the past but to the future as well. Do you think that um, royalties? And um, the one of some of those most prestigious, uh, of course, I mean, I mean the, the word is very wide, you know, um, people might not agree with our in the, uh, interpretation of what uh, prestigious brands are, but are those, um, like some of these um, um, categories of industry or of, uh, of, uh, of products or, or something along that line um, requiring the, the services of, of Hand, oh, hold on. Before I even get to that, does calligraphy mean that it must be handwritten? Yeah, uh, actually, the, calligraphy, the, the broken down word is called calligraphy, which is uh, actually Greek for uh, beautiful writing. Got it, got it. So anything that's crafted on the computer is not considered as a writing? <laughs> uh, it is known as a font uh, computer. Yeah. So actually, okay. if, if you're talking about scripts, right, handwritten mm. scripts, they're actually called hands. So mm. computer, you have fonts, calligraph mm-hmm. uh, styles, different styles, they are known as, known as hands. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So then, then to bring to uh, just another question, which I left, left off with. Um, so uh, that, that really bridges to one of the things and some of the, uh, some of the things which you were talking about, like currently your, your work, of course, is um, being very varied. Um, you were talking about um, having to write um, for um, like even in the hundreds, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How um, do, do you think that um, as far as Singapore, um, I was about to ask about clients in Singapore, uh, as in local clients, but uh, most of our clients are actually not from Singapore. <laughs> actually, most of our clients are all in Singapore. Okay, as great. The, the brands are, are not local. La. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was what I'm driving at. So, so the not so the understanding of the beauty 
or even you know um even for me uh, that's why I said I'm saying that I'm, I'm like living in, in in a well you know as far as this is concerned and therefore this is really like uh, eye opener for me um that uh, there, there there's this possibility uh, opportunity to to really get uh, like someone like you expert in beautiful um um and this passion in in writing um uh, and and crafting like beautiful letterings um to create the information and then to you know uh, to to be able to uh, create the kind of uh, paragraphs uh, as well as uh, uh, as well as like graphics and so on um, that goes into the the invitation or events and so on and so forth. So so in some other countries and for some other brands, it's, it's always been uh, maybe like a tradition. And and therefore, of course, when they come to Singapore and uh, for their events and for their products and for their goods, they want to continue with that tradition and therefore you um, very much come into the scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine that's the case. La. Like to a certain extent because uh, most of the brands have principles. So their principles overseas would most probably dictate whether, whether they want uh, or require calligraphy services. And I think based on then the local team, they would decide if they would have the ability to go ahead with it or not. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Usually that is the, I, I would imagine that is usually the case. And then, mm. and then they will approach us. And then uh, for my end, I think when I am, uh, when, when the clients approach us, um, of course we do our best to, um, in, in my opinion, at least I enjoy having the opportunity to suggest, um, specific hands or um, creative solutions to their problems. But then sometimes if they require something that the principal insists, then we, also, we are also capable of adhering to the principal's uh, needs as well. So we are versatile, we are, we are versatile like that. The, in, in, in the current industry, of course, we'll talk a little bit about COVID. We, that's what, where we left off, right? Before, yeah. before, um, before free 30 starts. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, but before that, um, I'd like to check, just check with you because uh, again, I think this again related to the entrepreneurship. Uh, I very much wanted to talk about it. The, the, the part of, um, where I, I suppose, um, being young and, uh, <laughs> And relatively, uh, uh, you know, wanting very much to to go forward to see how far you can go, right? As far as your craft is, is concerned, so so that I totally understand. Uh, it takes a lot of um, courage, still, and passion to to really make it work. It's been a few years now, and you're doing great. The, but but but, however, the fact that um, nowadays for logistics, even for cars and so on, they can somehow. Uh, I wouldn't say easily, but with a certain fee, I'm not sure which one is more expensive, but to get um, uh, uh, their own like calligraphers, I, I mean, I'm talking about brands, working with people or calligraphers that they've been working for for a while um, from their own, wherever that they come from. So um, what, what makes like Singapore or your services um, uh, competitive or, or you, you, you know what I'm driving at, um, like why, why not send the cards to wherever? That yeah. uh, the the headquarters is from uh, get a choreographies to write that and then to ship it over. Yeah. So basically, the if if based on that context of what you just said, right, the the it's it's tough for them to have the principal overseas do it and then send over because of time. Because if you are going to do something in Paris, um, say today, and you're going to send it over, right? I think even the quickest mail service would take you at least half a day or one day. Yeah. So. For us, the difference between that is that when the clients require something to be done today, it can be picked up today. 
Mm. Yeah. But, but I'll, I'll be assuming, I'll be assuming, correct me if, if I'm wrong, because I'm definitely just, um, uh, just, just wondering um, that uh, if they do require something that's as customized as what you're doing, they would have planned in advance? Yes, yeah, they would. But also, um, it depends on the client's um, availability. Uh, yeah. So sometimes if the clients cannot make it, right, there's no point writing their names. No. Yeah. Or sometimes the clients last minute say that they can. There's no way you can say no to the clients. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. And, and, they, and they will need the handwritings, of course, to be consistent <laughs> throughout the entire batches of, of, of cards or, or uh, invitations yeah. which they do for that particular event. Yeah. It's a one. La. At, at the end of the day, honestly, I think the service is a one. You know, it's not a need. What we do is really a luxury, which I'm thankful for. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 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 How, how do you how do you start? I, I think I think that, that would be useful for not um I, I would assume that your industry is really small, as in the number of calligraphists in Singapore. Um do you know like how many do you have um your, your friends and all that? Like how many? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there's a market out there. La, but I think I think at the end of the day it's it's lucrative in a sense where because um, handwriting basically is looked upon as everybody and anybody can do, you know. So that's the that's the tricky thing about the industry where, technically, um, if you are capable of uh writing beautifully, technically you can be a calligrapher. Yeah, there's nothing essentially stopping one from from doing it. Yeah, so I won't say that uh the industry is super small, but I won't say that it's uh. I won't say that everybody would be capable of doing it full time as well. Yeah. Mm, of course, of course. I mean, you, you. It's interesting. It's interesting that you say that. Um, yeah. like for example, even for my um for my family, my my mom's side, my dad's side, my my dad is the person to go to for writing like like uh um words in Mandarin. So whenever we want to like for greeting cards and all that, he'd be the so for all these years for decades, you know. But of course, we have like tons of relatives, but still he's the person. So, so what you're saying, I mean, you're being too humble. It's not easy. It's not easy to, uh, uh, to, to write, be- to write beautifully. Um, and then let, let alone that being, um, to be professional in, in the thing which you do. Um, the, um, so, so, uh, taking that along, how, how do you think, um, the, um, of course, we're in the midst of, uh, COVID, then, um, hope that we are more like tailing, tailing it. The, the this the current situation, yeah. Uh, then then not. Um, but how, how do you see that like affect the entire industry or at least your 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 sphere, um, in Singapore? I think for us, um, the thing at least that I feel is most affected is definitely events, like Yeah, like on-site events. You know, having um a one-to-one engagement with clients. That was something that we most probably did more freely before COVID happened. Um, and of course, now with uh, uh, COVID happening, the, the likelihood of having uh, face-to-face events are not as uh, as bound, bountiful. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, that is definitely something that that has hit us, mm. But then we were also sharing that thankfully the the event organizers, or rather the products themselves. Um, the, other than looking at events, or of course, I, I, they they are doing everything even before COVID. I mean, events being yeah. one of the one of the really strong way to engage people to to uh to get uh, people to to participate, and of course for brand awareness and so on. That's really a very decent, more than decent, a re- really powerful way to for, to bring people in very quickly at one go. Uh, but even without that, 
um, I, I do because I, I follow some of the things that you do. So you were like crafting like um, uh, labels for, for brands and so on and so forth. How, how, how does that come about? Is there something like some ideas which you propose uh, back to, um, to these brands who came looking for you in the first place? Yeah, like I think with brands in particular, we try to propose what we can um, and we try to uh, come up with creative solutions for them. Lah. But like I mentioned, you know, the, the one of the biggest um, drawbacks is that uh, they always have principles to uh, explain or to answer to. So as the local team, they will need to always go back to the principle to double check if uh, it's allowed. Yeah. And... For us, I think on my part is what I can do is is finding that middle ground, lah, you know, trying to make sure that there is still that opportunity of uh, creativity, but also that opportunity of uh, meeting the requirements that they have. Yeah. And also, of course, at the end of the day, doing something beautiful. Lah. Yeah. Mm. I, at, the, at, at your backdrop, I'm looking at, of course, the, the name of your, of your studio. Um, yeah. At the same time, I'm also looking at some of the Chinese characters. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Does that mean something? Are you going to, or, or is that part of your your, your current uh, portfolio as well? Uh, we do. We do have. We do provide Chinese calligraphy in our repertoire as well. Um, but we are not. We don't. We don't. Um, we don't promote in general. Like even for our studios, we don't do much uh, marketing or promoting. Um, maybe a bit of uh, Facebook uh, posts. Mm -hmm. But then, other than that, we try not to do so much because, uh, or at least uh, in my stand, uh, is mm -hmm. we believe in word of mouth. Uh. So mm -hmm. I think I'd rather focus on Facebook work. Yeah, and then hopefully letting the work speak for itself. There are pros and cons for it, uh, don't get me wrong, you know. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, the, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting it wrong. As a matter of fact, I think this would be a really interesting question that, that a lot of people will be really wanting to know, at least I want to know, how, how do you get your first client? Because that, that really goes, goes back uh, uh, some time, some years yeah. back, and then it's kind of uh, uh, some, uh, some of the things that we are talking about. How, how do you get your first client? I, I think, okay, so uh, for first client-wise, right, I can't really remember like the first, first <laughs> Okay. But I would like say two or three come at one time. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> But I would definitely give a shout out to uh, a dear friend. La. He's uh, Michael. Uh, mine, he's an illustrator, mind player. So when I initially started um, doing calligraphy or my pursuit in starting up craft varies and just doing things that I'm interested in, right? Uh, he kind of saw potential in it. And because he is in the, he's like basically the godfather in illustration, right? So uh, in a way, the people that were interested in having things handwritten, they kind of drifted towards an illustrator kind of uh, sphere. Yeah. So in that essence, right, when he found like there were potential clients and all, then he would refer them to me. Yeah. That was the initial start of it. So the more I did, so that's where the, the snowballing happened where I basically just did, uh, I just continuously uh, worked on the calligraphy and tried to improve on it. And then at the same time, uh, you know, Either clients start to see the work that we do, or uh, Michael will introduce some of them to us. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Are you thinking of um, that? There'll be, there'll be. Uh, of course, I, I think we can go on like, like almost like forever because you are such a warm, 
kind person um, one able able to share really a, a lot of things um, and especially uh, for your industry which is I think to even uh, of course for me I was like talking about it for the for many for many times already but I think for a lot of people in in Singapore definitely uh, definitely in this part of the region um, that um, how, how how do you see um, that um, your studio or your work um, growing in the future. What was your what's your do you have plans or do you think that you, you go like organic like you know you just do your best and then wherever comes along or do you have got some plans in mind moving forward? Uh okay so hmm. for so basically like five year plan. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> it, it can get disrupted at any point, but, but fire plans is a, is, a, is a good one to start with. Of course, of course. Yeah, especially after COVID and everything, right? It is it's even more uh, assuring that we know not, none of our plans will always stay on track, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I would say that, uh, honestly, I don't really have a specific uh, track, you know, for, for, for a projection. I think the, the beauty about it is that uh, I am passionate about the work we do. So I really am just doing one day at a time. But I would say that the the maybe the plan ahead would be maybe no more than six months or a year ahead in the sense where I'm constantly trying to push my own uh, envelope and see what I can explore and what I can do more, you know, apart from what we currently already provide. Yeah. And Are I, you able to... Are you able to give some examples of what you mean by that? Uh, a good example is, uh, okay, let me get a picture for you. Yeah, Great. Yeah, so uh, a good example is something that we are exploring, which is uh, very much uh, engraving. You know, engraving is something that we've been doing for a while now, which is very much with um, uh, taking glass out from the bottle. So we are working with a lot of like champagne or uh, wine, uh, bottles, right? Where we actually take the glass out from the the bottle itself. Uh, one of the common mis misunderstanding la, is that, like, this is a very good example. Yeah, this one I saw is beautiful. My God. Yeah. So one of the 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 biggest misunderstanding is that uh, which I've gotten from clients, uh, from brands and like independent clients, right? Is that uh, their assumption is is written on the bottle, you know, just like a paper. So you basically take a pen and you write on the bottle and it's done. Yeah. But actually it's actually it's actually more tedious than that. It's actually a process of uh, writing on the bottle, then actually engraving into it, where you actually start to take out glass from the bottle itself. And when you take the the, the glass out the, the the bottle itself, right, it is like this um kind of a new surface where you can actually see the, the glass being scratched. Wow. Yeah. And, and so then after that is the, the application of um, like go over it. So this is like the whole process of it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got and it. So, like, so you're working with different materials already. Yes. Yeah. So, so basically you are, you are, you are basically um, engraving into the glass and like trying to make sure that, um, it balances in a whole. Um, so it's very much also um, applying the, the understanding of uh, aesthetics in lettering and calligraphy itself. Yeah. And and from there, it kind of just, uh, that, that's where the, the direction we are leaning towards. Like. Yeah. Of course, of course. 
that that really opens up a huge um, variety of work that you can or, and of materials that you can work on. I mean, the next could be like metal, could be yes. like on wood, um, yes. using different ways. You know, actually, of course, of course, the products matter, but um, yeah. it's really quite limitless. Yeah, actually, we do work on other materials as well, like metal and and uh, wood as well. So, like for metal, we do the engraving as well, and for the wood, we actually do soldering. So, soldering is a process of burning into the wood. Yeah. So, uh, when you want to, um, say for example, write into the wood, you just you have to just write burn the the script into the wood. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so, uh, this this is all another process, la. And we right. also we also do paint on uh, leather itself. So whether it's like a monogramming, uh, like a specific letter or a script, which is uh, fully fully written. Yeah, we have that. We we are capable of doing that as well. Wow, wow. The the, the more intricate, not 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 to say people are are, are not you know, but the uh, but but some of these materials they are, um. Oh, of course, there could be like multiple pieces, but once you like not not do it properly, then, uh, you got to start afresh. Uh. Every time you got you make a like a when you do make a mistake, but do you make a mistake? <laughs> like that's the that's the scariest thing. It's like making a mistake means the whole the whole work. absolutely right. So you wouldn't know you wouldn't know it's a success or not until you you finish up with, with your dot or with a stroke. Yes, you know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> And that's then, the beautiful part. Yeah, it's it's something that you you really want to put enough time and and focus into it, right? So you know that you are not going to uh, make a mistake. Do do like meditation. Uh, I yes. promise there'll be the last. You you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I'm a yoga teacher. So. Okay, I thought so. That's why I asked. <laughs> this that's why you eat free at five thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. The beauty is that the, the, the interesting thing maybe for another, another time is that actually calligraphy influenced my uh my choice to be a teacher. Yeah. Mm, mm. So that's that's the, the beauty about it. It's it's a lot of flow state and understanding flow state. So for me it's like how I initially started out where I'm talking about how calligraphy uh was my based on the interest of my uh in, in letter forms. The beauty was when I started going into calligraphy, right? It led me into a very, um, uh, it led me into a state where I had to understand the mind to muscle connection. Because if we are going to churn out constantly 100 pieces, right? Your mind and body needs to be of a certain state, right? To allow you to execute the volume. Not only that, right? Um, as I as I did the process, like, it really allowed me to hone and understand the the body and understand the mind better. Yeah. Thanks for already creating the the direction and the indication that we'll be in for the second round. <laughs> not really not really because I because I really feel that this is so so important. Um I, I think um of course for the second time we very much want to uh, talk about um uh, what is it that you do um for for yoga and 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 nothing really um as far as much as we focus like 90 percent on yoga but to bridge back again to calligraphy and what goes in between um very curious about the the term which you use you know about the flow the state of the mind yeah. and so on and this will be really really be, be interesting so yes. so thank you folks um thanks for staying with us i think this is more than more than what I can hope for uh, to hear from Clarence. So Clarence, where, where is it that folks can find you if they, if they need your services or if they, if they simply just want to connect with you? 
Yeah, you, you can find us at Craft Varies, C R A F T V A R I E S. Yeah, on social media, uh, Instagram, on Facebook, you can find us there. Thank you, Clarence. Thank you, Paul. So I'll see you folks soon. But, but Clarence, you hang around for a while. Uh, let me just uh, let our fans, uh, you know, um, uh, close. Uh, please give me a second. All yeah. right. Okay. So thank you. Awesome. Nice. Thanks, man. Oh, oh, oh.